the I Refuse podcast. After dark. It was Cliff Parker. I don't know why I can't seem to retain that man's name. I watched his stuff. I know his face. But it was Cliff Parker that my first time reminded me of. Like, he, he looks... Well, he looked just like the last time I seen him. Anyway, this is Mr. Fox of the I Refuse podcast. And I Refuse podcast after dark. Welcome to another episode of I Refuse podcast after dark. I was speaking with someone recently, uh, a friend of mine that lives up in Delaware. (laughs) Through Snapchat, and we were talking about the chat room era of like hookups before Adam for Adam before gay dot around the time of gay dot com um but before like scruff and growler and all that shit like we sat behind our computers most of us on the trial CDs to chat with guys through AOL and it was it was very dangerous like this was before like the facebook murders and social media and everything like there were stuff and experiences happening but nobody was discussing them but we we all knew the risk um just like with adam for adam and all these other apps where people have no face pick and most times no profile the same was done on the chat rooms and everything right so imagine you're in AOL I'm in AOL right I must have burned through in the two years that I was in AOL I must have burned through about six of those trial CDs but at some point, I was able to piggyback off of my roommate's official AOL. So, one one of the times I went in there, I was chatting with this guy who, at the time, I was living in northwest Baltimore County. And he said he lived in deal maryland so south of annapolis off of route two but almost damn near to the water so no not much of a profile didn't have any pics i wasn't doing anything but he sounded he sounded pretty good didn't really chat a whole lot so I was still in my risky bag at the time, right? I'm like, okay. I'm going to take my 1996 Ford Taurus. This is the big body. The big body bitch. Like, the back seat, you could probably... You could lay in the back seat comfortably. I decided... I'm going to take my 1996 Ford Taurus and drive. I drove 
over it took almost what an hour and a half I did it in an hour but I drove down there and this is before like GPS and Google Maps like I printed out the, the directions from google.com just an address and this is like by the time I got down there the sun started coming up like it started getting to be daylight and down there they they just don't believe in the streetlights like the further you go down south the less streetlights like southern Maryland the less streetlights um, the less traffic lights and not nary a street sign so you're driving and all the mailboxes on one side not all all not all of them are labeled and i'm like what the fuck like am i gonna get murdered because i can i can picture it now you're just driving down there and you look new as hell and you're like driving real slow just trying to not to miss it the house and you know back then we had the uh flip phones and i'm like oh god what if this what if this is just a ghosting thing so at some point he does come out and shorter guy he came out with like four or five beers and he got in the car and surprisingly he wasn't ugly but back then I was I was wild like I would drive almost two hours for some for some booty so we went not familiar with the area at all he knew we just like we drove around and talked and he was drinking beers and stuff and at some point and this was late fall late fall early winter and so the snow there was still snow on the ground driving don't know where the fuck i'm going he i'm following his lead we're in we end up in the woods somewhere off of a back road didn't really do a whole lot i remember that he was tattooed front to back he had a really big back tattoo and married to a woman hadn't been out of jail that long and at that point he was living with his brother how do i how do i just end up with like this much luck like you've all heard stories and you probably continue to hear stories about how people meet up with other people and you know people do that all the time but it's the stories where oh you know leslie went out or diane went out on this date with this guy that she met through the app and you know some of us share our location like we have that we have a better capability now through our phone to share our location just so our friends can keep track of us and stuff like that 
But pre-iPhone, pre-iPhone, you had a shitty singular phone. You had a shitty flip, flip up Motorola. Although that Motorola Razor was slapping. Um, but I had the shitty Samsung joint where you would close it and the little window, the animation would do whatever. But the window was never big enough to really give you like a call ID. So you actually had to flip the shit up to see who the hell was actually calling. Didn't, at best, the signal was shitty, no matter where you went. So imagine I'm in Southern Maryland and I'm with this guy in the backseat of my car. And by this point, I'm like, okay, he hasn't killed me yet. He's pretty fucking cute. And this is random as hell. But I'm like, in my mind, there are people out there that are at least decent enough to say, you know what? You drove an hour and a half. We're going to make the most of it. And that's what we did. We didn't really do a whole lot that first time. But we talked mostly. And he started to have a diabetic moment. That was another thing. Like he was... I can't remember if he was diabetic one or diabetic two, but he started to get cold all of a sudden. And I was like, not only is he cute, but he's really adorable. And his name was, I think John, I think his name was, or David. But the best picture I could, that I had of him was him in my car smoking, about to smoke a cigarette. Um, we ended up getting together, I think, two more times. The The last time I, I got with him, by that point, he had moved, him and his wife had moved into a basement apartment of a woman. Not too far from his brother's house, I believe. But closer to like 97 so it was like closer to further up route two somewhere i was like okay not too bad but again it's like the same the same mo where it's like we have i don't remember i don't think i called him it was more like we were using the chat room to communicate to to get together and you know, it's it's the same kind of thing when you show up where it's like you have an address, but not every neighborhood in Maryland or in every neighborhood in any state really has the same kind of setup as far as, oh, street signs, everybody has their mailbox labeled, you can tell, whatever, whatever. And I didn't know it was a basement apartment, like he lived in a basement apartment. So I pull up and I'm like, okay, I found the house. Uh, I guess I'll wait. So I told him where I was and he was taking a while. And I started, I was like, I'm going to give this fucker 10 more minutes. I'm going to drive off. And just as I was starting to pull off, he runs out from the darkness. I was like, this is really, this is really down low. Like down low down low like dudes running in pitch black darkness to the back of your car 
and running up to the passenger seat and we just drive off, whatever. So we drove, I drove him to the gas station uh, to get some cigarettes, get some more beer and stuff. His wife is at work and we came back to his apartment, which was in the basement of some woman's house. Uh, For whatever reason, not even two minutes into the apartment, there the lady that owns the house came to the basement door and was yelling down at the at the bottom of the steps now mind you we're not this is still private this is still down low like literally had to walk into the back of some woman's house to go into his place in the middle of the fucking night so I'm like part of me there's a huge part of me that's turned on by this but there's also a small part of me that's like any moment your wife or somebody that believes you to be straight could walk in and catch me like or catch you butt ass naked working the other person over but I stayed of course I stayed of course I stayed so you know, after a little back and forth, that's the thing. Like, when there is something going on, some other kind of drama going on, or some, an unknown voice that's talking, you freeze. And you kind of, like, get down low or just sit still and try not to make any noise. Because you want to give this, this third person the impression that he's home by himself. And, I, and you know, you've been in those situations before where you come to a foreign place, like a house that's not, that's foreign to you. You don't know the layout. You don't know, <laughs> you don't know the evacuation plan in case some shit pops off. And you know, you go into these, these chat rooms and these apps and the risk is more on you when you go to somebody's place or you're coming out of your your house to have a date with somebody, do a drive-by, you know, do some golf, golf level 5,000 on somebody. So it's like, okay, I'm going to be quiet, not move while this woman is talking to him from the top of the steps. It's like, okay, let that pass. He turns the light out. Um, and I can't keep my hands off of him. Like, ma- so imagine this: you have a guy that's five, 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 six. He has dark hair, dark eyes. He's probably a good one forty, one fifty-five, and he's tattooed all over the place. Not like full body covered, but huge back tattoo from shoulder blade down to waist um tattooed on both sides of his arms tattooed on his thighs and his legs and on his chest and he looks like trying to think of a well-known person that he kind of looks like um he kind of has like a 
a David Duchovny kind of look to him, or you know, the 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 small eyes, nice little jawline, or whatever. You know, cute. And I'm saying this as complimentary as possible, like white trash. Um. So I can't keep my hands off of him. Um, and funny enough, he. When you're out of jail, you still have to check in with your PO or CO. So, (laughs) also on top of that, unrelated, given that he's a straight guy, his, um, his area down there was well kept, well maintained. Um, not a whole lot of hair. It was, you know, there wasn't a lot of interruption when I was down there or anything, except he had to, um, he had to make a call. So he was on the phone with someone and then the next phone call was with his wife. So imagine he's trying to have a phone conversation while he's being pleasured. Couldn't sit still, had to put the phone down so he can moan and all that other stuff. And I thought, this is hot as hell. And, you know, we we had a good time. Um, and sometimes, we, I don't believe we actually, no, actually we did have sex. Um, one of those times we did have sex. And it was on his couch. I didn't top him though. I don't regret all the time, but there there's a few regrets that I have with that, and that's well, that's one of them. So I was wild, like during my AOL phase. I know last episode I talked about the man, you know, the beginning of my manhunt uh, gay dot com era, but. Having been on both sides of the DL spectrum, myself having to be DL, and then on the other end of that, dealing with somebody that's not gay, but you do things in the dark of the night, and you have to, you don't want to blow that spot up for them. You know, other people are just like, well, I don't give a fuck. Like, if we're walking, if I'm out, in, if they're out in public and they see their dude, like they had with their with their woman, they have no qualms about making it about them and it being that being more important and causing a scene. I remember this didn't happen to me. I actually heard this from a good friend of mine he said that he was walking when he was walking out of maryland live casino this was years ago at least 10 years ago he was walking out of maryland live with his girl his wife his wife and as he they were coming out there was a guy and a girl walking towards the entrance and 
behind my friend and his wife was a gay guy and his friends. Well, the gay guy recognized this other guy that was with his girlfriend and blew the spot up and got the arguing and fighting and stuff like that. He didn't stick around. My friend and the wife didn't really stick around a lot to figure out, like, to watch where this thing was going to conclude. But that's that's some risky shit. Um, Got to be more careful. And that's the power, that's the importance of discretion. The importance of discretion is where it's like, we none of us really could stand too tough on a moral high ground to where it's like, uh, I don't see how you can do that. That's just disgusting or whatever like that. But my approach is like, I go into these through life. I just go into situations with the maturity and and the understanding that what I do is my business and unless you're living with somebody and you're in a relationship with that person, there is no, that person really doesn't have responsibility, a responsibility to you. Now, I don't know all the details from the dynamic between those two guys, but... It's like we, I think for us that are gay in the lifestyle and of that all day, every day, it's just we have, uh, unfortunately, the burden is on our shoulders to not accept, but realize that We're not always going to have the the whole guy. If if it's a situation where you get busted down by this guy, you get busted down by this guy, or you just give him head, or he gives you head and stuff like that, and that's the nature of each evening, there's no... There's nothing serious about it. Like, that's just what it is. And... It's not uncommon for us to be used. Um, But at some point, we have to take the responsibility, half of the responsibility in this situation. I don't... It's not common to my knowledge i have never i have haven't seen it enough to say there is there are guys out here that will a seriously date us comparable to when the guy dates a woman and they'll do both and 
the wife or the girlfriend knows and she's okay with it. You've met and all this other stuff. Now, understand, like, when you come after, in chronological order, you come after the wife or the girlfriend, you have to understand that, like, you essentially come second. But if it's if it's one of those situations where it's like, clearly this is serious over here, this guy and this girl that are walking into this casino. And from the outside looking in, for this this gay guy to be upset to the point that he wants to fight you and it becomes a big blowout, it's clear to me that some somebody wasn't being honest. And part of me was like, I totally get it. I totally get it. This guy wasn't being a hundred with you. And with that, I, I'm also aware that there were more lies. Because if you, ca- if you catch him in this one, or you catch him like this, you have to look back and be like, you know, what else wasn't wasn't true? And then you're like, oh, you know, did you, it made me wonder, did you see him only at night or only on the weekends or how did that work? Because that's the other thing where it's like the availability, the accessibility. Like he's like he's not as present. He's not. You don't see him all the time. He's not reachable. Um, he only responds at night. He only responds on the weekends, or he only responds during the day, during the week. You know, during work hours. And you're like, uh, yeah, the math ain't mathin'. The math is not mathin'. Oh, I just remember the guy's name. So, the guy's name that I met through AOL when I was like 24, 25, his name was Joel Ryan. He's probably still living south of Annapolis. I hope he's still married. It's been 17 years. Seven, almost 17 years. Um... And that's probably, that's not the first experience I've had with a guy that was in a serious relationship with a girl. And would hook up with me. I mean, I could tell y'all about when I was in the military living on base in the dormitories there was a black guy also in the in the service same assigned to the same base i don't know if his girlfriend also was but he had a living girlfriend off base i don't really remember how we met because was it 
I don't think it was gonna come. It's probably manhunt. But I blew him once, and in my dorm room, I blew him once in my dorm room, and he started popping up unannounced, like coming to my dorm room unannounced. He saw me in the gym approached me while I was on the treadmill at the gym and he he did it and he came to my dorm room unannounced again and this time I was well both times I was actually there but the second time had the light on got the knock at the door saw it was him and turned the light out and luckily you know I kept uh my windows covered to keep the heat out but yeah i was just like yeah we can't like dude you gotta at some point you just let that shit fade out and he just left me alone but that that was pretty dangerous and that was well on so many levels it was it was dangerous first of all on base coming up to my dorm room and at this point, people already speculated that I was gay. Not that it, it was their business, but... Like... Suppose... Like, you just don't know... Whether the other person has anything to lose. Like... That's that's the other thing. The, that's That's the other consequence where it's like... You don't know... About the other person enough to be like he could very well go over to AFOSI Office of Special Investigations and file some shit now some people probably don't have the critical thinking to think oh well shit if I file this that also means they're going to look at me as also being gay and I could lose it all But it's some dudes just can't handle it. Some some people just cannot handle, you know, the little bit of something that you break them off with. I that was a little that was a little bit too much. Um, and you hear, and you guys have seen the television movies. You guys have seen the Lifetime movies. Like it happens to us too over here where guys just can't handle it like i've never been ran down the street with you know a guy chasing me with a knife or anything but you just again you just never know how far a person go will go or decide you know i have nothing to lose and we really shouldn't be doing this because of don't ask don't tell and you're avoiding me and you're ducking and dodging me I could add to the the speculation and the rumors and actually take it take it up another notch and fuck up everything because it doesn't matter if the smear campaign is successful like really leads to impactful results to where you lose your you you lose your enlistment and your benefits and stuff just the drama is satisfying enough and more hurtful actually 
Because it's like, you went through all that and you're still there. And you still have the experience with people, what, you know, what doors open up, what kind of experience you'll have um, as far as how people treat you. That was crazy. Like, very rarely do I have to duck and dodge somebody. But this hookup life, like, that's the other thing. When we're hooking up with different people, and, you know, some people can handle it, others probably not so much. And it's, it could be crazy out here. I have some other stories as this podcast starts to grow. I, which you, you just got to save yourself. You really have to save yourself. No matter how cute the person is. Some people just can't handle it when things you just decide, you know, not today. No matter how many times you tell them. But anyway, Joel Ryan. Joel Ryan. Cute little AOL thing. Cute AOL convict. Some wild times. Some wild times back in 2004, 2005, 2004. Yeah, well, man. Really takes you back. This is Mr. Fox, the I Refuse Podcast. And I refuse podcasts after dark. Follow and subscribe wherever you see us. And we will catch you guys later.